First name, Mr. Last name, Glass. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? I see dead people. Welcome back to M. Night Shyamalana. That's the name. My name's Jeff. Uh, and over there, that's Eric. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? It's going well. And we're going through every single one of M. Night Shyamalan's films in chronological order, and we're making our first bonus pit stop. How you feeling? Uh, suspicious. Suspicious that he wasn't really involved in this. <laughs> that's how okay. I'm feeling. <laughs> Have you done research? I've done a bit of research. I it seems like it's undenied. Like it's, it's... Oh, no, it's denied. It's it's denied hardcore. Like apparently, Is it? Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently, back uh, right when he was starting to go into his M Night career recession, um, he gave an interview with uh, maybe Movie dot com, some website that doesn't exist anymore because I couldn't find the original interview, um, where he said that he ghost wrote this script, right, or consulted on it, or punched it up, what whatever. Then right. the, the actual credited writer of this film whose name is r lee fleming jr tweeted only in his mind and disputed that m night had anything to do with the the writing of she's all that and apparently like since then there's been some back and forth on this and it's very much the uh the Spielberg, Toby Hooper, Poltergeist situation where there are camps. Oh, good. There are camps yeah. as to whether or not uh, he ever did write on this script. Like, like I saw one article that was like, eh, he punched it up, but then he gave it back to R. Lee Fleming, and R. Lee Fleming like put his stamp on it because he writes for teenagers and like, has his special teenager voice that he puts on it, which if that's the case, he did a shitty job because these teenagers are very unrealistic. And then uh, there was uh, another one that said, oh, M. Night only did Kevin Pollock's dialogue. That's all he was involved in was just Kevin Pollock's dialogue, which I thought was weird and kind of funny. And then uh, there's actually an article on uh, Salon.com that I found from 2013, which is trying to make the case that M. Night Shyamalan is R. Lee Fleming. <laughs> They're the same person. There's no real R. Lee Fleming. <laughs> There's in no his... real R. Lee Fleming. I like this is my favorite theory. Yeah. And, is and that he's it, got his own sort of Andy Kaufman situation. Yes. And and he, he writes teenage movies and television shows. So I found R. Lee Fleming's actual IMDB and his Twitter account, which is very sparse. Like his Twitter account is like yeah. once every six months he posts something. But he is currently involved in Secrets of Sulphur Spring, which is on Disney Plus. I actually watched that show with my kids. It's mediocre, but the kids love it. Um, and then he did a show called Light as a Feather for Hulu a few years back. And then beyond that, it's just like a couple episodes here, a couple episodes it's the there. Same dude, oh, he man. goes he goes dark for like four years at a time and is involved in nothing, you know. And then he comes back and does a couple episodes of this. So. I'd have to watch it to see how many twists are in that shit. Because if it's twisty, then it's confirmed. Oh, Secrets of Sulphur Spring is twisty as shit, but I wouldn't recommend watching it because it's like... Yeah, but it's M. Night Shyamalan, right? It's M. Night Shyamalan for 12-year-olds. 
<laughs> well, there you have it. We've solved it. All right. I wasn't wrong. M. Night Shyamalan wrote this shit. Yeah. Our, our Lee Fleming, for all apparent appearances, does exist. Like this, this theory is kind of crackpot, but it is pretty fun. It's fun. It, it right? is pretty fun. Yeah. And at the very, I mean, because there's stuff here where people are saying, well, he, he had something right to he do was, with this i think he was definitely involved even this this r lee fleming guy admits that on some level he was involved he punched it up he gave it back and then he did another write-up on it like like he, there was a draft submitted at some point by m night yes yeah so um great and here's the other thing i was telling i was recording yesterday with mark from the movie draft house and i was telling him what we were recording today and he goes Shyamalan? I was like, yeah, he's like a ghostwriter, punched it up, whatever. And he goes, man, you guys are desperate for bonuses. So I said, honestly, we kind of are. Like, there aren't that many bonuses we can do this season like you can with Spielberg, who has this huge body of uh, things where he's just executive produced or whatever. I was like, we we really, yeah. But at the same time, it she's all that, and I want to rewatch it. Well, yeah, it, 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 I mean, there aren't that many mainline Shyamalan films. Like, we're going to be through this in, like, you Six know, months. it's a hop, it's skip, like, and a jump, you know, compared yeah. to Spielberg. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll find some things. Maybe we can watch, like, a pilot of Wayward Pines or some shit. I don't know. No, thanks. <laughs> um, uh, Servant was the only thing I'd be interested in. But uh, I watched a few of those. Yeah, we fell off. Okay, well, then never mind. We're not doing that. But we did watch She's All That from 1999. Um, the Even though this is late 90s, this is like the perennial 90s teen comedy. Yes. Like, so, I, I, what else? I mean, I think of like Can't Hardly Wait, Clueless. 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. All right, listen to um, this list. Listen to this list and tell me what they have in common. You ready? Hold on one second. Okay. She's All That, American Pie, 10 Things mm-hmm. I Hate About You, Cruel Intentions, Never Been Kissed, Varsity Blues, Jawbreaker, Drop Dead Gorgeous, But I'm a Cheerleader, The Virgin Suicides, Election, and Girl Interrupted. What do they have in common? They all came out in 1999. Wow. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Like 1999 was already like an insane year for movies. There was so much shit. Like there was like the success and the Matrix. It's like, just covering 1999. Yeah. I, I've seen it. It's out there. It was like that's how rich it is that someone's like, we're just going to watch everything from 99. Yeah, no, that, that's a great topic for a podcast. But like teen movie wise- like, those are some bangers, dude. Like, American Pie, Cruel Intentions, Never Been Kissed, Drop Dead Gorgeous, I swear to God, is an unsung comedy classic. It is so freaking funny to this day. I'll have to watch it. I've oh, never seen it. Oh, it's so good. It's amazingly funny. Um, So, yeah, like, 99, and, and somehow, She's All That kind of rose above this this ocean of fantastic teen movies and is still considered the perennial teen movie. Like this is this is like considered. I'm not saying it's better than these other movies, but it is considered yeah. like the classic among classics. It's the right? one you think of, right? Yes. You know, um, 
it's like if you think of slashers, a lot of people are going to think Halloween right away, right? Oh, Halloween or something like that. But there's others out there that may or may not be better. Whatever. I'm not arguing that. But yeah, this is like the first one you think of. And on my other podcast, we're doing erotic thrillers uh, for the month. And I'm like, the first one you think of is basic, basic instinct. instinct. Or Fatal Attraction, one of the two, yeah, right? Yeah, totally, yeah. And and I was like, and maybe there's better ones than those. I don't know that there's one better than Fatal Attraction, but... Um, oh, what's that Madonna yeah. one? Are you doing that crazy Madonna one with her? No, no, no. Her We're in Green Goblin? That's a good one. Oh, <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. Uh, I'm doing two Michael Douglas ones. My two picks both had Michael Douglas, because, I mean, if you're going to do erotic thrillers you, you you watch michael douglas films anyway we watch she's all that anyway um so what's your history with she's all that yeah so i was 27 when this came out um so you've been buying me beer baby yeah I, I was not a teenager nonetheless at some point in the past i've seen this movie this was not my first viewing of this movie and i cannot for the life of me remember the context definitely did not go see it in the theater um like that i i remember seeing a million movies in the theater that year this was not among them um but yeah i did i did watch it um at the time i was renting a lot of dvds and like taping them so i could rewatch the movies i had like a nice setup where like the dvd scrambler didn't work like i had an old vcr so i could tape them. yeah Do- doesn't matter you, you know you know the score <laughs> uh so yeah, I might have taped it and watched it a few times. Um, that said, I had I, I remembered the basic plot points. I had forgotten the ridiculousness of the cast in this thing. Like the cast is crazy. We were it just watching, kept going. We were watching the credits, and like every every time it would flash more names. It's like what, what? Like are you serious? Like what? <laughs> like it just right. kept going. I didn't and going. know. Like, and even it's like I didn't pin uh, Gabrielle Union, Little Kim in this movie. They're like just in the background, right? They're not even right. I Lil mean, Kim, they literally I have one, lines, but one line. Gabrielle Union's a little more prominent. Little Kim is just right. like hanging out in the background with her blue contacts, right? Like, right. Uh, Usher, I I swear to God, was never on set with the rest of the cast. I like, I, I agree, <laughs> and they brought him in just because he's like usher right Right, and he was in and like so much of this cast was in the faculty like i've seen the faculty recently and the gothy girl she's in the faculty ushers in the faculty and so i was like oh okay well freaking sarah michelle geller shows up for once for one shot she's there for for one one shot yeah i guess they were one of the uh, the, they were filming buffy at the same high school and oh okay and, and she was there and this was before um scooby-doo which she was yeah. in with matthew lillard and freddie prince jr and then that led to her getting married to freddie prince jr or whatever um but yeah so yeah she's in it for a second the best the best spot that we picked up was when freddie prince jr shows up at what's her name's house yeah uh and he's bringing the jv team um to, to, clean, to the clean the house. house four kids come in the last one 
is Milo, and I can't pronounce his last name. I can't remember what it is. It starts with a V, but he was on Gilmore Girls and he was the star of This Is Us. And he also plays Rocky's son in the Rocky movies. And he's just on screen for a split second, but my daughter, my daughter clocked him. Like, she was like, pause, go back. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's just from the Gilmore Girls. And she was right. It was him. Like, like so many people show up in this movie. It was ludicrous. And Packlin, Kieran Culkin. Yeah, it just goes on. The list goes on. Yeah, it's crazy. Even the photographer at the prom, I was like, oh my God, who? Who is that? Like, I recognize that guy. And I still haven't gone back to look and see who it is. We just watched this last night. But, uh, like, every person in the movie is recognizable. It's it's craziness. And at the time, I think a lot of these were maybe lesser known people, you know? Like, Kieran Culkin was obviously not fabulous Emmy-winning succession star Kieran Culkin. He was one of the Culkin right. brothers and thus recognizable, but not, you know, what he is now uh, i'm the a best big fan culkin of scott brother. pilgrim like that's i agree he's the best culkin and uh i scott pilgrim is my favorite of his performances yeah yeah i mean always good in everything you ever see i love uh, him as wallace igby goes down with him and jeff goldblum and no oh that's a really good one it's kind of sad but it's good um but yeah he's he's awesome so yeah like okay anyhow my history and then <laughs> i didn't i didn't see it for a long time and then we watched it last night how about you yeah, about the same. I rem- I know I've seen this more than once, um, but I don't remember actually sitting down to watch it. I think it was like a, a weekend rental. You know, we went down to the Blockbuster, the movie gallery, what have you, and just picked it up. And, and, and my sister, because at this time, I was kind of just outside of being interested in this, right? Uh, Scream was more my thing, and that's kind of in the same vein, but it's a slasher, and... As, this was kind of missed me a little, I think, just by a little bit. But I did. I think my sister might have wanted to watch it, and we watched it, and I remember enjoying it. Um, and it being the uh, sort of taking the formula of romantic comedies of someone pretending to be someone that they're not, and then you find out, oh, I found out that you're really not who you say you are, and then they have to do something clever to win them back. And, you know, that sort of thing, which is like the formula for like made in Manhattan, uh, how to lose a guy in however many days or whatever. Like it's that formula over and over. But um, it's still I I don't want to get how I feel about it now, but I remember just being pretty positive on it. I also. On a surface level, just sitting there watching it, kind of enjoy this movie. You know, like, it's a fun movie. Everybody loves this movie. Like, it's hard not to like it. That said, now, as an adult, as a 50-year-old man, watching this movie, on a surface level, enjoyable. Just say it. Do it. Oh, it's a terrible fucking movie. It is so bad. It really kind of, like, so... It is so bad. This is something that happened to me recently. (laughs) We watched over on the movie draft house mean girls easily our most listened to episode like it is thousands of listens ahead of everything else we've done people love mean girls and this could be our mean girls like this might be the episode that blows up but i remember liking loving mean girls and then watching again be like all of these people are horrible right (laughs) i don't like this anymore and this movie is the same they're all the horrible. same i mean 
I guess our Lainey Boggs, the character, isn't a horrible person. No, but she's not very likable. No, like, she's really not. Like, she's kind of snarky and shitty and curt and like not lovable. Like, there's nothing going on with this character that makes her appealing other than I think maybe Kevin Pollock might be the only likable guy, right? Kevin Pollock, the dad, Kieran Culkin, they're likable. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, younger sister, um, also. Oh, like, and Paquin. Yeah, yeah, and best yeah. friend, Jesse Jackson, uh, who ends up, I was going nuts trying to remember, like, where I saw him oh, before. Oh, Psych. Uh, not him. Not it- him. Um, Foggy from Daredevil. Oh, that guy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of, kind of pasty. He sucks pasty, in this pasty movie. guy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing, is he... Was is it an undertone that he's a gay character, or is they just friends and there's no I sort of think romantic just thing going friends on? Because he does seem like he's gonna like have a thing with Anna Paquin at the end. Like my wife oh, this morning, right. we were kind of chatting about That's it. That's true. She was no, like, you're right. Watching a movie with him and Anna Paquin would have been far more entertaining than the movie we watched. And I was like, yes, because they're both like interesting characters. Like, yeah, she's, and I think she's he, witty. He's kind of fun. You know, like they both. Have- I think he'd be out of his depth with her. Like, oh. I think she is a firecracker and he is not. Yes. And I think that could have been an entertaining film. I agree. Yeah. Instead, we just get these like very, douchebags. very pretty douchebags. <laughs> The king of the douchebags, the late, great, man, I miss this man, Paul Walker. I love Paul Walker, but oh my gosh, does he kill this douchebaggery or what? Oh, (laughs) he is the most douchey of all time. The only guy who isn't super douchey is Psych Guy. Like, he never does anything that's, like, overtly douchey, right? Yeah. But, But Paul Walker is the douchiest, just the douchiest, and and... In a way that only people in movies are douchey. You like, like, like he's so horrible. He yeah. has no like he is he is beautiful. He is a beautiful looking he young man. He's a good looking man. Yes, and he is like built and stacked. He is the better looking the, than our lead. Like our yes. most popular guy in school is Freddie Prince Jr. But Paul Walker is the the sexiest man in this movie? Yes, for sure, yeah. hands down. And I was not—I'm not a f- Fast and Furious guy. Like I never watched well, watched those movies ever. Bro, and so I, I cried at the end of seven. Legitimately, when they did the ode to Paul Walker at the end of seven, I was verklempt. I was like, oh god, they nailed this. They honored him in such a beautiful way. It was awesome. I keep meaning to go back and like watch them all. You know, I did that with the. Uh, What's the movies with the werewolves and the vampires? Just start at five. <laughs> um, yeah, that, Twilight. I know Twilight. <laughs> I, like, but I would say just start at five. Sat down and watched them all. No, no, I wanna, I'm gonna get like the box set. Just okay. watch them all all the way through. But anyhow, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not super familiar with him, right? And and in this, like, he just makes an impression. He's got those blue eyes and stuff. But he's such a dick. He like, kills it. <laughs> he is just the freaking worst. And then there's like the, the bit at the end. Where he comes and he's like actually trying to like ingratiate himself I, with Lainey and and you know it's like I think at some point he's like and I think it's more of a wow she is hot and he's like trying to actually get with her at that point yeah he is trying to get with her but not doing it ironically but I mean he just wants to bang right like it's not yes. like he wants a girlfriend it's not like he cares about her he's just more like oh yeah she's hot it's it's, it's time to take her to Bone Town and yeah. Uh, he gets a room. <laughs> one of the one of the big problems I had with the movie 
this time. I had a lot of problems, like story wise. Like this shit yeah, makes zero. But I'm zero having fun f- even just rethinking these scenes, like him being deaf at the end of the movie because Lainey had a, a air horn, right? Like right for but it's, rape the defense. Thing, the problem is, is that it's all off screen. Like the big climactic true. moment. Yeah, like it's all off screen. Like. It's crazy. Like, they leave the prom. She doesn't win prom queen. And they go off. And then, apparently, he takes her back to the hotel to try to, like, sexually assault her. And she hits him with the air horn and gets away and comes back home. We never and see And Freddie it. Prince is waiting for her. But what you see in the movie is them leave. Freddie Prince driving around trying to call hotels to see where they're at so he can come save her. And then the next scene, he has obviously failed, and he's just yeah. waiting at her house for her to come home, possibly a victim, right? And he's just hanging out in the living room with her dad and little brother, and then she comes in, she's like, I'm fine, and then they make out in the backyard. It's like, what the fuck? Like, wait, why are, yeah. why don't we see I, what happens? Like, it's the climax wonder- of the movie. It's the comeuppance of the bad guy, right? and we don't even see it. It's just bullshit. I think the reason is that they didn't want attempted rape in their movie. Well, God, they got I, I so much think that's other shitty stuff in the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's a whole different level, right? I guess, but I mean, that's like, physical assault. No one gets physically assaulted. But you're right? like, you're. I mean, you're implying that she got physically assaulted. Yep. You know, you're explaining that she got physically assaulted, and it's like, done in a comedic way now because you don't see it on screen. Right, I got the comedic. air horn. He's deaf now because uh, at the end of the movie, it's a shitty joke. You, <laughs> if you can't, if you show an attempted rape scene, that there's no jokes that land, and, and arguably <laughs> this one doesn't land either. But it, at least it can come across as comedic. But I think that's the main reason we miss that whole thing is because, and I don't know what the the rating system says, like maybe that trickles this into R and then they can't, you know, really sell it as well. You know, being a teen movie, you want to keep it at PG-13. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if that's what happened. Well, I I thought like there were some other like fairly risque stuff in the movie, like the scene where... uh, uh, shitty ex-girlfriend is making out with Matthew Lillard's stomach. I was just like, oh, wow, we're, we're doing that. Like, she's getting ready to go downtown, clearly. Yeah. And uh, consensually. And then, you know, he well, he her. shuts her down. He shuts her down because he's like too into watching it, his self on reruns of yeah. Real World. Listen, all right. How? What do you feel in general outside of this film? Just Matthew Lillard, what emotions come up when you think of him? Oh, I love Matthew Lillard. I adore this I guy. Love- <laughs> I can't believe he doesn't, he's not in more things. Yeah. Like, he's overacting to the 10th. Oh, 100%. But he is yeah. my favorite part of Scream. His Shaggy is incredible in Scooby Doo. I love this dude. I wish he was around more. Like, he doesn't get any roles. 100%. Every now and then he'll show up as, like, dad in something. And I'm yeah. like, yay! Well, yeah, but I'm like, you're you're missing the point. Like, like Matthew Lillard does crazy. That's his thing. I keep waiting for him to come back to the Scream franchise, and he hasn't. And Uh, they let freaking they teased it in the last one. Ulrich is in the last two movies in the mirror. Yeah, (laughs) God damn it! Bring back Matthew Lillard for fuck's sake. I agree. but yeah, you know, I, I really, really like him. And so like as soon as his name popped, because I forgot even you said last yep. time when we were recording, he was in it and I had forgotten it. His name popped up in the credits and I was like, oh, 
Matthew Lillard, gay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he is overacting in this, but you know, still it doesn't fun matter. And I funny. watch old Jim Carrey movies, right, where he is just hamming it up, and this guy's doing, he's chewing it up, and the dance scene is definitely his thing and everybody's looking at him like he's this horrible shameful person and the only thing he really does that's problematic is when he starts thrusting his groin right, in front in of someone's face. face yeah but the rest of it he's just dancing like his jam comes on and he says fuck it i'm going for it <laughs> and i love him for it i i yeah like yeah, I don't know how you dislike Matthew Lillard. He's awesome. He is awesome. The, the character is somewhat unlikable. You know, like he's, well, he's for sure, like super. He's like, not the worst person in this movie. Fourth tier celebrity who you know is using his MTV notoriety to I don't know to try to pretend that he's famous. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, he's not the worst person in this movie by far. Like the fact that he just like tailors Taylor. And hits her with the oh that's sweet, <laughs> pretty pretty great. Um, yeah. So yeah 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 like all, all in all happy that he's in this movie. He brings a little bit of life to the otherwise sometimes very dull proceedings between the two leads. That is probably one of the biggest problems. They don't click to me, and and I guess maybe as teenagers they maybe saw it and it other, other, like if there's no romantic chemistry between the leads then what are we doing here? But I don't, I kind of agree that they don't really click their whole relationship me. makes no sense. The only, I actually think Freddie, I love all the stuff with Freddie Prince and Kieran Culkin. Yes. Cause that works for me. That yes. works on uh, so many levels of the, let's play some Genesis. Sega. Like even Kieran does the Sega voice. Um, and then the whole thing with him, Kieran being bullied at school and, and Freddie Prince standing up for him. All of that works for me. And, um, but yeah, the Rachel Lee Cook, Freddie Prince stuff, it just doesn't gel. And I don't know why. And I'm not. No, no, not none of it makes any sense. Like other than the fact that they're both pretty and they're attracted to each other. The, right. the, the part that really struck me was like she gives him this shitty speech about not making any choices. Right. Oh like, my God. What, what are your choices? Because I looked at the form <laughs> hanging in the counselor's office and saw that you hadn't chosen a college right. yet, bitch. You know, like <laughs> out of nowhere, she totally attacks him for not making any choices. Right. And then he's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. My dad and like first world problems 100%. Like, I got accepted yeah. to every Ivy League school and I can't pick one. And my dad wants me to go to Dartmouth. And like it's so fucking stupid, right? And she yes. she gives him shit and is like, "You're 18, you can make your own choices now. Make your own choices, right?" And then he then, goes, yeah. at the end, right, at and the, that's it. But then at the end of the movie, they're there, they're dancing. The dad turns on the sparkle lights or whatever, and he gives this little speech about how since he has known her, he's more comfortable not making any choices. And not knowing what he's doing. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's the exact opposite of what he she said listening. to you. Like, she told you to make choices, and now you're telling her that she taught you how to not make choices. What the fuck? Did you get hit the head with a brick? Like, what the fuck? Like, it makes no sense. Did nobody proofread this script? Like, it makes no sense fucking sense. apparently Shyamalan it, did right i mean it's 
stupidest thing. I was so pissed off. I was like, I just couldn't even believe that they couldn't connect the two ends of the movie so that they made sense. There's like that, two it's Magnus like and they're jamming a positive people, and a positive right? together. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it was almost like it was written by two people. Right. Exactly. And so yeah, I was I had I had big problems with that. <laughs> That's so funny. Um I don't know um how do you feel about his hacky sack routine? I was just thinking about the art thing. <laughs> so I actually like the art scene when they're in when he's in there by himself watching this interpretive bullshit it's probably the, the only guys, part of the movie that really made me laugh like <laughs> i'm bursting forth and blah blah and it's so pretentious and everybody's like yes yes i get it i understand and and um it was really funny right yeah and, and i think it was meant for last because it's so stupid but it also felt like some shit you would see yes. in real life yes. someone passing this off as art and so it's like all right Get on stage, Zach Seiler, Freddie Prince. And so he starts kicking his hat. He don't drop the sack. And he just says, don't drop the sack. Don't drop the sack. <laughs> Whatever you do, keep it up. Keep the sack up. Is he talking about erectile dysfunction? I don't know. But it's clearly a metaphor for him having these expectations that he has to keep up and blah, blah, blah. I was not here for it. No. I, I thought it was kind of it funny that, that somebody turned on the music and the lights behind him to add intensity. And they didn't even bother showing somebody be like, oh, maybe I should do it. And like flipping the thing on. No, it just goes poof and like appears behind him while he's doing his little hacky sack dance, which he clearly is not doing. Like the editing is right. You know, clever. They have an actual they have skill. An actual hacky probably, I think there. Matthew Lillard actually does hacky sack. They probably he brought him in for that. He seems like a hacky sack. Doesn't Can't he? You see him hanging out on campus, smoking some weed and Doobie. hacking with the guys. Oh, uh, he's a hacker. For sure. So yeah, it was it was silliness. And I also like thought that her art, very underdeveloped. Like the, Oh, she sucks. The whole, <laughs> the, well, the whole storyline with her art is kind of underdeveloped yeah. too. Like the the Clay Duvall, when are you another person show me you? like like showing up in this movie who I didn't realize was in it, you know, is super shitty to her about her art. They tell her to kill herself. <laughs> Jesus, 1999. That <laughs> was on. such a good moment. Like, I, I didn't remember that, but I think it was set up so perfectly. Like, you of, think they're going to say something nice and then they're right. super shitty you to know, her. You're kind of genius, isn't this? And geniuses aren't, you know, known before their time. You should kill this. It just the shittiest thing you can say to someone, and it's delivered precisely. It's really good. Yeah. So anyhow, like in general, and then at the end, the the teacher comes over and makes a point of saying, "Oh, the thing about your mother that you were kind of doing in the background of one scene, and we never saw you turn right. in or take to school." was brilliant and i sent it off to all your art schools and now you're going to have a great future in art because whatever like it's just it's, the whole thing is just very undeveloped you know like it seems like just an excuse to put her in overalls and paint splotches in some weird attempt to make her unattractive which is so let's, let's face it so, everybody knows wildly unsuccessful like right like she's cute no what, matter do what you, you do think th there's a movie where someone has been uglied up enough i think of the princess diaries or i think it's the first one with anne hathaway 
they at least like have braces on her and her hair is frizzy and she's like they actually is it the princess diaries i don't know is that her no that There's is her but she... i don't remember her being ugly in it well no she really wasn't but they like she's geeky at least like the the hair is really frizzy and unkempt and you know and then they clean her up so to speak and you know you get Anne hathaway but i can't think it's like a movie where they really successfully just other like uggled someone other than monster um, yeah but monster that's not yeah the same. yeah and i'm picturing, <laughs> I'm picturing like i mean there are movies where they take somebody who is pretty and make them less pretty like i'm thinking right. of, of like, like this, emma thompson they... is professor trelawney and the harry potters right they make her look all crazy and shit but then they don't re-pretty her you know right. and, and so yeah i don't know I don't know. Interesting. Do you remember? Do you remember Shallow Hell, where they made? Oh, uh, I love Shallow Hell. They made Gwyneth Paltrow heavy. <laughs> that wouldn't fly these days. <laughs> yeah, I still love that movie, and I argue that uh, it that is not honestly not. I don't know who that offends. I'm fat. I love that movie. It's fine. Uh, I watch Shallow Hell again. It's a good movie. So, all right. Um, what were you gonna go with? I don't know. I was going to improvise something. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to talk about Zach and how, as far as this movie is concerned, he's not a, quote, bad guy, right? Like, he's thoughtless as far as the movie is concerned in making this bet with his friends. He was a little shallow. But then he learns how to be a better guy through his association with Lainey Boggs and he changes and he turns around and becomes a better guy. But he's always been an athlete and he has good grades and people like him and he seems to be like fairly a stand-up guy. He's not Paul Walker in this. He's not Paul yeah. Walker. <laughs> but the scene where he gets dumped and then subsequently makes the bet is... <laughs> He is a bad guy. Like, yeah. like these guys are really shitty and misogynistic. Like, really, really shitty. Like, I was watching this with my kids, and it's always a mistake to watch a '90s movie with, with the kids, yes. because like standards are so different now. But I can't remember like cringing quite as much as when watching this movie with my kids, because man, is that scene cringy! It's all like hooters and jugs and boobers, and oh, that one's <laughs> fat. Nah, nah, nah. Like they're just like they are so shitty. Uh, when they're having the conversation while they're trying to decide who he's going to pick, you know? And uh, it made me think, like, overall, this movie is kind of thought of as, like, it's like a chick flick, right? Like, it's thought of as, like, a girl's movie, right? It's like women, like, she's all that. Like, that's what you think when you think she's all that. It's like you know rom-com teenage you know women oriented she's not the main character in this movie this is a dude movie and it's about the dudes and it's from the dudes like perspective right like sure you see a little bit of her perspective but it's much more about him and his change that is affected by her change, which is very surface and superficial, right? 
She gets yeah. a haircut and her eyebrows tweezed. It comes down the stairs in a red dress. And there it is an impressive an impressive goes. moment. Like a movie a movie classic moment. Even even if you there know it's coming, it still works for you, yeah. right? You're like, oh, she's right. so pretty. <laughs> but it, she in reality doesn't change all that much, right? It's about him and his change. And I'm not 100% certain I'm buying the fact that he changes all that much. But the, my point is, is that, like, this is, you know, you, you hear about, like, the male gaze, right? This is, like, the ultimate male gaze movie. Like, it is all about him looking at her and yes. the, the difference in his perceptions as she changes and then how that supposedly impacts his personality and personal growth, right? And it's not about her really at all. Like she's just the object that they're all pursuing, right? Like she's 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 barely even a character in the movie. And it's I don't know, it's just funny because like I always thought when you think of this movie, I you think about her. I forgot that he was even in it. I didn't remember that it was Freddie Prince Jr. It's just like faceless dude when I think about this movie, right? But then watching it, I'm like, oh, I was really wrong about this. It's not really about her. Like, she's in it, and she's the focal point of the movie. But that doesn't mean that she's, like, the subject of the movie or the main character of the movie. She's just, like, the sun around which all of them revolve, in the movie and it's really about them all revolving around her i don't know i don't know maybe i'm getting too no, deep about she's all that but like I, you're right like it definitely is his movie she has no arc she she has no arc she combs her hair right and, and let me let me just say gets ready for prom very quickly like goes from basement art nerd to beautiful coiffed hair in like 20 seconds um but beyond that, like, no change. You don't know where she's going to go to school. You don't know, like, she doesn't really have any conflicts in the movie to begin with, other than the fact that she's unliked and then she's liked and it makes her feel kind of But she weird. seems to like being unliked. Yeah, and then she kind of seems to like being liked. Yeah. But yet she never comes out and says any of it. Like, it doesn't. She doesn't address it at all. Like she never runs for prom queen. Other people run her for prom queen, right? right. Like the clubs rally around her. The guys do a rap song about her, which I rather enjoy. Hey, what a great guy liked that part. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like these guys are good, but <laughs> hey, the beatbox that guy was doing was ridiculous. Yes, it was stellar. But like, she doesn't do anything. She works at the falafel place. She does art. Kinda. And she makes zero decisions in the movie other than to go to the beach and go to the party. Right? Like, yeah. like I don't know. She's not all that. She's nothing. She's wow. <laughs> there it is. That's that's my um, that's my big analysis. That's great. I loved it. I um I don't have much to add to this. I mean I think you covered it. What what you got any questions or anything else you want to bring up? No, the only other thing that came to mind was like the downfall of MTV, which is like some well-trodden territory, you know, like, like what I, at the time this movie came out, MTV was a cultural force, right? But it was right. like right at the end. Like it was like, 
its big phoenix flame out <laughs> before it just kind of disappeared. And I before don't before it came just another television channel. And I don't even know what it is now. Like I don't know what MTV is now. Like it's it it's kind of like a late teens, early twenties focused like drama teen stuff. Yeah. Like it, it it's kind of this sort of thing, this kind of movie, but in TV show they did a scream show, which was fine. You know, they have a couple reality shows. Teen Wolf which are was a thing. Fine. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's so, so weird. Like, uh, you're familiar with Yellowstone, the show. I don't know if you watch it mm-hmm. or not. But they, I'm have, familiar, they but... have those spinoff shows on uh, Paramount Plus, the 1923 and 1888, right? The Harrison Ford one, right? And when you start those, it brings up an MTV logo and the little astronaut guys. And it says an MTV production. And then it proceeds to be this cowboy show. It's like, what the fuck are they even doing? What is MTV? Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. What What's is it? their brand? It used to be thriller every hour on the hour. And then it was like the real world, you know, and Polly Shore in real Shore. world. Yeah, and yeah. Everybody watch road, it. Road rules. Kurt Loader breaking the news that, that Kurt Cobain is dead. And then he breaks the yeah. news that Tupac's dead. And then he breaks the news that Biggie's dead. Biggie, you know, right. like, but like it was a cultural force. And like, how did it lose its way to be so nothing now that I don't even know what it is? I mean, I know I'm not a teenager, but did you even... I think a lot of it is YouTube. Do even um, teenagers watch it? Nobody watches it, right? Like, I, does anybody I, even I, watch cable? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I don't know what happened. The only thing I can say is, like, once it became not about music, it lost its identity, and then it just kind of went every way it could because it not being about music is the right choice at least being because now you can watch music videos whenever you want but back then i remember sitting up waiting for the new like the green day basket case video to come on so i could hear the song again and see the band or you know and god if they played a weird owl one i shit my pants oh yeah because they did yeah, and then Al TV. Do you remember Al TV? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they show Al TV. I'm loving it. You know, the spring so, break thing. You know, like they would do the yeah. spring break, which which they kind of ape in this movie a little bit without coming right out. That's another weird moment in this movie because it has like that voiceover as though they're on MTV spring break, but nobody is really talking, and there's no cameras anywhere, and it's what are you trying to do here? Like, that's weird. And we also have not talked about the Rockefeller skank. Okay. What is that? It's the dancing. dancing. (laughs) What happened? How did they, what is that? (laughs) How do they have a planned dance at school? Everybody knows this shit. Usher says, and now everybody, it's time for you to do that dance. I taught you at that thing, at that thing that we were all at. When I taught you how to do this incredibly we elaborate in dance, room. <laughs> they all just start doing it, and it's it's the most surreal, awesome. insane moment in this movie. Because even even ladies doing it, it's like, did you learn it at the beach or did you learn it at the party where the girl dumped wine on you? Because that's the only two times I remember you being with these people, and now you're doing the whole thing and oh yeah it's real weird man it's a a real weird situation it's the kind of good weird though i like stupid shit like that it makes me happy oh yeah i I enjoyed it too but there's no denying (laughs) the fact that it is wildly out of place in this movie you know uh 
I don't know. It's just funny. It's one of the things I, this movie's kind of known for, right? Like, yeah, that crazy ass dance moment. I don't know. Funny, 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 funny. Well, I guess the only other thing to talk about is not another teen movie, which is this plot, and then it's interwoven with other teen films. Um, have you seen that? Way back when, uh, not to with the point uh, where I remember it. Chris Evans. Yeah. He played, so this was Zach Seiler. He played Jack, uh, Jake Weiler. Nice. And they even have the scene where he walked, like the whole, it's like reshot just like this. Like the whole scene, he comes into the school, looks at a picture of himself, just like Freddie Prince does, and then goes to the other wall and looks at a picture of himself looking at a picture of himself. <laughs> really good and like the whole time like the plot you know his girlfriend broke up with him much like what happens in this movie he's like how could she break up with me jake weiler like and he just it's chris evans being douchey and great um but they also have the the iconic scene of him uh you know his buddy is played by this young guy i've seen him in several comedies uh he played um jim carrey's character in the the prequel to dumb and dumber Um, I can't remember his name, but he plays the Paul Walker in this and they do the whole thing where they're going through trying to find the the girl that he's going to pretty up. And of course, there's like just horrendously, you know, people with crazy disabilities, really offensive, honestly. (laughs) And like, no, you can make one hot. You know, and there's one person that's conjoined twins is like uh, that. You can make two hot ladies out of that or whatever. Uh, And then they see the main character and she, oh, she's got paid on her jeans. Oh God, <laughs> this is impossible. And they really just sell the whole thing. It's a wild movie. Oh, that's funny. Hey, d- anyway, pubes guy. Did you recognize pubes guy? Hell yeah. Pubes guy is in, who is that I want to say he's in children of the core, <laughs> but I could be wrong. Um, like the second he came on screen, I was like, it's that guy. And my wife was like, what? what, what? And I was like, that he guy. is that guy. He's that guy. And I have no idea. And I looked on IMDb. I didn't do the full cast, so I didn't like dig deep enough down into it. But like, what else is that dude from? I'm looking right now because I've seen him in things. Yeah, because he like I I look at him and I think Scott Farkas, the bully from Christmas Story. But he is obviously way too young to be that. But that's like the vibe I'm getting from that kid. And I, I just I don't I don't know. I just don't know. I, I I can't play. I searched redhead and she's all that. Nothing came up other than a picture of him, but I can't place him. All right. We're going to have to we're going to have to pause the recording here for a second because we need well, to know. We need well, to don't know. Pause the recording. I'll edit it out. Yeah. 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 If he were just credited as pubes guy, I'd be OK. All right, she's all that. Oh, God. They're by name. Uh, Dancer. Man and Dancer. Barn. Man who eats pubes. That's what I need. Vampire girl, rappers, dairy. Okay, I found him. It's Chris Owen. Man, his IMDb picture makes him look like a hunk. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um. So here we go. He was in October Sky, American Pie. Uh, that must be where I know him from. American Pie. That's probably major pain. Probably. I don't it. remember him in American Pie. Let me go back to the 90s. Van Wilder. Oh, Ready to Rumble. I would have seen him in that. That's that WCW wrestling movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's surprisingly decent. Oh, he was in The Faculty. That's where. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For me, because I've seen The Faculty recently. 
Yeah, funny. This guy's had quite a career. Like he's been in a lot of stuff. He's still working he's too. Got, um, he's got a face that you do not forget. Yes, a hundred percent. No, you might forget where he's from, but you'll never forget him eating pubes. <laughs> Hoover it. Hoover, Hoover it. it. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> Eat pubes. Stupid. Ah, uh, that's nasty. All right. Okay. On well, that note, what do we got coming up on next? That, you ready to get into? Let's get into Spielberg. Spielberg. Nope. Shit. M. Night Shyamalan proper. You ready for this shit? I am ready. I'm, I'm it's born ready. It's the sixth sense. Yes. The, the, the movie that put the man on the map and made him a household name that gave him a blank check to make whatever the hell he wanted for the rest of time. The sixth sense. And uh, when's the last time you've seen the sixth sense? Hmm, probably about 10 years ago. I remember uh, I like to show my mom movies that she won't like. And I remember... Uh, <laughs> What a good son. I remember. Mom, sit down. You're going to hate this. It's called Showgirls. She doesn't like scary stuff. And, and so we had her watch um, it. We kind of like, we're like, it's not as scary as it seems. It's not as scary as it seems. Like, it'll scary in the moment, but it's not what you think it is, you know. And then uh, we sat her down and made her watch it. And she was really mad. You, you rotten kids made me watch this. But uh, anyhow, that was probably the last time I saw it. Like, like it was kind of ubiquitous after it came out. I saw it like a lot. Like I watched it a lot. And, uh, and so it's one of those movies just kind of like burned into me a little bit. And so I can go for long periods of time without watching it. That said, it's probably been long enough that I will, there will be stuff in it that I don't remember. Like, Oh yeah. Like I, like it, it wasn't until my like second or third time watching. I was like, "That's Tony Collette," you know. So there'll definitely be those moments. Um, but it, I unfortunately was one of those people who was spoiled before I got to watch it the first time. So I never got that holy shit moment. Oh, really? Which oh, okay, sucks. we'll have to save that for next week. We'll have to talk about that yeah. next week. Anyway, so we're gonna check that out. Um, we're gonna wrap up the show. If you want to get in touch with Eric, you can do so at Eric underscore Hotter. What's the podcast handle at this point? Oh. Uh, I haven't changed it yet. We'll figure that out. <laughs> Check out the show notes. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Podcast by Jeff. You can follow my other show, The Movie Draft House, wherever you get your podcast. Check out GamingDexas.com for all of your gaming review needs from Eric, as well as his YouTube channel, Eric Hotter. So we'll see you next week for the... It's, a, it's time. Like, we paid our dues. The time has come. It, this is Jaws, right? This is our... This is this season's Jaws, right. where we finally get Spielberg doing Spielberg, Shyamalan doing Shyamalan. So uh, we'll see you in one week. Bye, y'all. <laughs>